Here we go again in the words of the great Elton John. The bitches are back as the leaves fell off the trees over a long, lonely off-season. Two naughty little caterpillars clung onto the branches for dear life. And at the combined age of 79 and a half, John Wilkin and Mark Flanagan are still pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, scratching around and stealing a living from the wonderful world of rugby league. Wilkin, now a Canadian citizen, back in the big time to antagonise the very few people in Super League he hasn't already pissed off. And now the burden of the Salford captaincy has been lifted from Mark. He can now, Forrest Gump style, take the shackles off and run free into the 2020 season. Life is and always has been like a box of chocolates. And what a selection box we have for you today. Joining us on our first Out of Your League episode of Series 2, a hazelnut noisette coated in caramel. We have all six foot five of slamming Sam Burgess. Welcome, sir. Six foot sir. five. Oh, six, six foot five. five. Yeah, yeah, we can measure if you like. Six <laughs> five, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want a bit Aussie then? You've no, already been Aussie. If you'd no, like. I didn't. I didn't. I, I've, I've been here for six or seven days and I've tried to sound as English as I can. So it's weird, isn't it? I will not accept that. Yeah. <laughs> what what percentage Australian are you now? If you had to if you had to quantify it, like you know, I'm talking being really honest <sighs> with yourself fed, because there's a temptation, years. Sam, that you're in England and you'll exaggerate Well, that's, the a, that's a great question. I've never really thought about it like that. But then as soon as you said it, I thought about my kids. Yeah. They're half Australian, aren't they? So, so that's 25% already. Let's yeah. Say. But then um, also you've inherited an element of Australia. Yeah, I do have some Australianisms, like I'll say mm. footy. That is do you know what you say? He's a champion bloke. Yeah, champion. I do say that. Yeah, I do say, oh. there is a couple that I do say, and I do say... Don't kill me, I do say soccer. But soccer. Only because, only because, right. Let me explain it, because when you're there and you're in a conversation with someone and you'll say, did you watch the football last night? They'll say, yeah, the Roosters were good, weren't they? Uh, no, I'm saying, talking about the other football. They're like, no, it's called soccer. So then you have about a five-minute discussion and explain why you call it football and not soccer. And then by five, the, It takes five minutes to explain the difference. Australians, remember <laughs> yeah, you're talking Australians. So, so think about doing that for two years. You just go... Stuff it. I don't want to talk to Australians for longer than two minutes, so I'll just say soccer, just yep. to fit in. That's and then when you've been there four years, you just become accustomed to saying soccer. Then yeah. I come back here and I'm, uh, I do you're, say you're soccer. You're 80% Australian as well. No, I'm not. No, any, I'm, not I'm, I'm about 35%. Do you know what? <laughs> we, we, also, we often have a conversation on this podcast. It comes up a lot, Mark, doesn't it, of which Burgess you would save from a burning building. Which is Well, you bring it up yeah, all the time. It's quite a tough, yeah. tough one to... To go for. Yeah. I mean, I haven't saved you in any of those scenarios. Sam, that's before, okay. But I've, okay. I have saved one of your brothers. I think Mark didn't even save you as well. I think he saved that's Thomas. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Thomas. I mean, it, look, yeah. physically, it would be quite a hard for me to sort of to well, get one of you over on a farmer's stop, lift yeah. and stuff as well. Depends which day. But if we had a you know a wheelchair or some way we could get you out of the building, yeah. Mark, would you still go for Tom? I've, I've thought about it. Sam's the most famous, probably with the most money. So that's that's got to think of that. Yeah, you've got to go Don't say it now because I'm sorry. I am exactly one. Say what you're. I was really realistic. I went net worth. So. Well, oh no, I won't do it. I was going to make a joke, but I won't. It's a bit too no, you do. It's an open forum. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, honestly, so. net worth's not looking that good at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, but a bit early for that. So. <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never too early for that. Yeah, it's a bit early. I mean, yeah. can we cut that bit out, or is that staying in? No, nothing gets cut out of this. Okay. Nothing whatsoever. We're going to go through slightly in a chronological order because there's so much to get through. Um, I want to go right back to you growing up in Dewsbury, Dewsbury. which which has become, hasn't it, a bit of a hotbed of, of rugby league yeah. stars. Um, take us back to, to those early days um, 
young boys when the twins had just come on the scene you're in your backyard i know you had you know you didn't want for anything but it, pretty humble beginnings yeah well we had everything we needed as a as a family of uh, six really we had a bit of of a backyard, we had a football to kick around, and at the end of the street, was, there was a bigger piece of grass that we could go and play on. But um, you know, we 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 got brought up in, with a family of love, and uh, you know, people often ask us, um, "Did you guys fight growing up?" We said we actually never had a blue, we never fisticuffs in the house or in the backyard. We we normally sort it out, and basically, we're all scared of the old man as well we'd get a flogging off him so uh, we we did who would win in a fight these days out of the Burgess brothers um, you know, obviously, shoulder's not good so obviously me definitely uh, would you honestly no 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 uh, I don't know actually that's a good question I think George George has yeah. got crazy in his eyes yeah he's yeah. got Luke, a bit of that Luke sometimes. thinks he's a professional boxer yeah these days, he thinks so. he does he's, he was he's, awful yeah. he was <laughs> <winning> <laughs> you watch the fight it was <laughs> terrible it was awful it was awful I think I said I sent him something really nice on WhatsApp but it was awful yeah no it was awful I was there but it was hard to watch but um no, we uh, we played a lot of sport together, and uh, we just yeah we we had a great upbringing. Um, we obviously rugby league man in the household. Dad coached the local. Dad obviously played. Mum played, mm. uh, and dad coached down. Your at, mum played. Yeah, Did mum she? was a great player. Mum was a great what player. She, she she used to play like loose forward. Did she? Uh, yeah, loose forward. Yeah. Ball playing loose. Yeah, ball playing loose. Yeah, she used to do a bit goal position. kicking actually. You know about that, Wilco? What a few in your time? A little bit. And so it's just part of our DNA really yeah. uh, what were you like in school well behaved I was alright academic I was okay uh, alright so me and Luke <laughs> went to Hemond White Grammar School but to get in there you had to pass a test yeah. uh, uh, and nice I said me and Luke because only me and Luke passed the test Thomas and George didn't pass the test no, they didn't have they passed it at all yet no no they're on. still trying and still <laughs> failing uh, uh, and they're, they're, they're 27 now so um but my mum's obviously my mum was a teacher. She was a school teacher at um, Grangefield at the time, mm-hmm. so she wanted us to go to Hemel Grammar Grammar School. It's a great school in the area. It was it was free. We didn't have to pay to go there, but it was it was uh, renowned for getting good grades. So um, anyway, so we went there, and Thomas and George didn't get in, so we were okay at school. Um, we were all pretty good. Luke's probably the most academic out of the lot of us. I'm mm-hmm. um, somewhere in the middle. And uh, Thomas and George are down near the ball. So you're second. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 I'm second. Second out of four. I'm second out of four. Um, <laughs> look, the, nothing's off limits on this podcast, and we're going to get deep. Uh, and I want to talk about your dad. Because, yeah. uh, uh, firstly, I mean, he was, as a, as a player, mm. he was a brawler, he was a front row, he played for Rochdale, played for, for Hunslet, mm. local hero. Um, you know, someone obviously you clearly looked up to and, and was taken by a horrible hideous disease motor neurons which is obviously what Rob Burrows has just been diagnosed with what what are your your early memories of him was he you know well before he was diagnosed someone that you looked up to and you wanted to be yeah well I think like most kids uh the fathers are often the heroes and it was no different for us for he's um you know he was a uh, not only um you know he's he a great man but you know on top of that he's just a great father he taught us how to love each other as long with our mother we uh, taught us how to love each other and care for each other first and foremost um he taught us how to be loyal and, and everything like that so you know he, he's a special man um uh and like but but most people say that about their fathers that you know and it was it was uh sad to see him go through that and we went through it as a family it was pretty tough and you know obviously it's it's very uh it's 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 in the game at the moment with Rob Burrows, what we see as well, and mm. um, you know, I mean, my dad went about th- dad passed thirteen years ago now, just mm. under twelve and a half years ago, uh, and it's you know, it's it's still it's still popping up this morning, your own disease, it's still taking lives and taking good men too young, so it's um, 
yeah, it's uh, hopefully with Rob and, and, and what they're going through now, we're getting that exposure and hopefully we can find a cure for it because it, it truly is um, a terrible disease. But um, yeah, it was, it was a tough time in life, but also it did shape us in some way as as, as men and what well, the time we were boys, uh, but it did help shape us in some aspects of our lives. So if, if you can take something out of it, that would be uh, that'd probably be only, the only what thing. What sort of role did you take, Sam, you know, in that, in that process? So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to... In, in a really weird way put myself in that situation you know in, in your family home there mm. y- your father's ill I mean mm. how did that change the hierarchy of your home do you know what I mean yeah well look it was it's confronting and, and not, my parents weren't together at this point as well mm. my parents had just separated uh, and then obviously they found out dad was sick and at the time um, the twins would have been 30, 13 maybe younger 12, 12 13 18, yeah, yeah and I was idea. 14, 15 at the time and Luke was, uh, I was down on, on loan uh, at the Broncos, so he would have been 17 Queens years of age. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, sorry, the Queens at the yeah. time, yeah. And um, so basically it was just me and Dad in the house. Uh, so the role I took on was just what, what yeah, I was just in the house of doing what I can. Uh, basically, to physically help him around. Yeah, basically it was the main care. I guess the hardest part was the, you know, I would say the, the last six to ten months where obviously Dad lost basically everything really you couldn't walk couldn't get upstairs couldn't do anything couldn't really as you can imagine you, you're basically carrying a, a body around but the worst than losing your body is the pride that you lose yeah well but but that. then uh when you head your head is still there you mm. sharp as a tack uh, but then from a physical aspect you look at him and you know people would come over and see him and they'd talk to him as if uh you know there's, there's something wrong with him mentally and that was probably the most demoralizing thing because it um and my dad didn't want that. He wanted mm. to be uh, treated as, as normal as possible. Um, but having said that, some of those days were some of the most enjoyable times we spent together. The, um, a lot of his old teammates would come over and they'd sit around and they'd tell stories and have a joke and they, we'd have a laugh. And you know, we used to find uh, peace in the most simple things in life. We'd he used to say, "Come on, we go down to Morrison." So we'd drive, we'd get him in his wheelchair, we'd get him in the car. It was a process, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we'd go to Morrison's, and he refused to let me park in the disabled spot because <laughs> he he refused to think they were disabled. But it was much easier for me to get the wheelchair out of the boot and get him ready. But he, he tried to make it as hard as possible for me. Um, but it, we also had fun in in our own way. But then we'd get in Morrison's. I'd put him in a, his wheelchair. We'd go around, and you clip a trolley onto the front of the the wheelchair. That's how you get around, mm. and. I'd be off getting something off a shelf and he'd, he'd find a way to like wheel himself and like bump into like uh, someone in the wheelchair and he'd play like <laughs> stupid and it would, it would always be like women and they'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry. And my dad's doing like, you know, like playing games and I'm super embarrassed. I'm like 15, 16 years old. And I'm going, Dad, what are you doing? Like, why did you do that? And he's like laughing at me, uh, <laughs> you know. And we just, uh, but you know, I look back at it now and, and I, I used to just uh, laugh, you know. He found mm. humour in that that in those mundane things and then you know just little things we used to eat my dad built uh like conservatory yeah that's what we used to call it yeah i like it. on the back of the house when he was he used to be a builder and um he on the roof the the like a glass roof you know it's like half stone and and when it rained which is nearly every day here um we'd sit there and we'd just listen to the rain hitting the Soothing roof though, isn't it? yeah and yeah you got deep in the conservatory big yeah, conversation yeah well sometimes we'd sit there in silence right and uh you know when you're like 16 you're like yeah you're like do, do you want to talk but you know we used to like listening to Nora jones put Nora jones on and sit there we'd fantastic sit, yeah. yeah yeah great songbird mm. um and we'd sit there for hours and like he'd fall asleep, but it was he was happy there. He, he mm. built that 
part in the house. And, Were there uh, days, though, Sam, around that time when, obviously, this is, you know, two years before he died. I mean, that's so, what's so horrible about it is he got diagnosed and three years later he died. It was about 18 months, about 18 about months, 18 months two years. Um, it's a bit, obviously, a bit the memory. Yeah. The, but were there days where you just, you know, you were helping him around where you just mm. broke down in tears, not in front of him, where you went up to your room and just thought, oh, this is too no, much. Never. Well, never. I played with Sam at this time, actually. Yeah. And not many people knew what was going mm. on in his home life. And he, I remember finding out months later what was going on. But you just kind of put mm. on this facade that... Nothing was affecting you. There was nothing going on in your home life, but obviously, quite um, a horrible situation for a lad of 15, 16 to be in. When you're looking after your dad and you're trying to make your way playing professional sport, I think like, at the time, like nobody really knew what was going on, did they? And you're looking after the twins who were 12, 13. Yeah, well, I mean, the twins, the twins were uh, at school, and and obviously with mom, um, you know. So, so I didn't really have that that responsibility so much for the twins at that time. Mm. Um, but it was, there were some tough days, don't get me wrong. There were days where um, I wished it were easier, but there's actually no other option. You've got no way out of that. It's like, what can you do? You can't stop caring for your father. Mm. or uh, you, you just have to turn up and do it. And, and I didn't want to admit, I'd never really told anyone about it and, because Dad never did. Mm. I never saw Dad get upset about things. Um, only once or twice in the 18-month, two-year period, so only once or twice where I saw Dad get upset and... and so I'm like, well, if he's not upset, why should I be upset about it? You mm. know? Um, and and for me, like Mark said, we we played together at that time in our lives. Um, and for me, rugby was uh, it was it was a safe place. I go there and I could get completely lost in it. Uh, it's what I knew. It was a kind of it was a break really for me. You know, mm. I, I'd go there and train and do four or five, six hours work, and then go back. And it was that, that was that was harder. So it, it was a bit of a savior too for me. So I didn't really. Want to make a, a big song and dance about it? I just are you saying that? And then, yeah. like when your dad passed, yeah. I think a week or less than a week it's later, you're playing three, three, four days. Yeah, four you, days you're there. playing for Bradford Bulls, and, and yeah. Biffa Luke was playing yeah. for yeah. for Quinn's making his debut. I think his Super League debut. Yeah, it was wasn't too long after, which is a sad thing. Uh, I mean, how do you go out and do something like that yeah. when that just happened? Is that or is it just what you said? You can no, manage. That's it, it's the switch that you can turn off when you're on a field like that. No, it is. But then dad, dad wouldn't have wanted us to miss too. He mm. would have. Yeah, he wouldn't. Dad hated being a burden on anyone. It really mm. did. Um, but the the fact of Martin Jones is you are you are it's you need a lot of care, especially mm. in the back end of um, the the disease. Uh, so, um, but Dad didn't. Well, Dad wouldn't want us to miss the games. Luke made his debut. Sadly, I, I think sadly after Dad had passed, yeah, I never saw him get to play in Super League, and, mm. and obviously the Twins have done so well. You know, so that 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 does upset me sometimes. You know, when I really sit and reflect about it. Um, but I mean, those were just the cards we were dealt, and um, you know, this I look around and there's so much sadness in the world, and, mm. and people in far off, far uh, worse positions than I was and have been. So um, I never feel too sorry for myself. I mm -hmm. I understand that um, life can be cruel, and so it probably taught me that lesson young. But did it shape you guys in terms of there was a burning passion to to relive his you know legacy and which you're still carrying today with everything that you guys do yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i believe that we uh and i still do to this day believe that he's seen me because and my, all my brothers i see my dad in all parts of my brothers um they all have different sides of him uh good and bad uh and so i, I completely believe that and, and he's he's there somewhere as, as spiritual as that might sound he's there mm. somewhere but he's we created us uh He's in there somewhere. And I, now I've got my own children. Um, I can see that because I see bits of me and my kids from, uh, you know, from birth right through to, to where they are now. So I, I do, I do 
Yeah, I do believe he's, he's in and around. Well, mate, he'd be oh. immensely proud. Yeah, he? I mean, yeah, we'll yeah, get on sure. to yeah. we'll get on to the moment of uh, what 2013 when you guys all played together yeah, for South Sydney. Great, which yeah. I mean, he'd be watching down there, thinking, Jesus Christ. No, that, that was a great day. That was uh, that was uh, that was one of the highlights of my career. Early, um, you know, we we were also we were so fortunate with that. We have been so fortunate throughout our whole career that it's all panned out. Mm. Uh, you know, you've had a little bit of luck along the way. It's a Hollywood script. Yeah, yeah, there is a bit. Of, well, I guess Russell saw that when he signed me. He wrote the script. <laughs> yeah, he saw that when he first, when we first met in 2009. Um, and over time, things just fell into place. A bit of luck here and there. Um, but now it's it a special day. I, I don't think we realise quite how lucky we are as, mm. as brothers to be able to do that. And, um, you know, since sort of then, or 2014, after we won, I left we've never really been all back together really again and we finally did get back together and then George has come back to Wigan so yeah. uh, and, and you can certainly feel it when one of us not in and around each other and especially now I've all got kids and, and how much you know having guys you know your peers essentially around you your brothers end up being like your teammates don't mm, they or yeah. you know I grew up in a house with, with my sister who ate sweets and fell down the stairs and farted do you know what I'm saying what I'm trying to understand <laughs> Sam is how competitive and having that competition of your brothers around you do you think it's kind of a leading question. Did that elevate you all to different levels? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, th I think I think it really did. And um, I, I'll tell you where it, we got the best benefit out of it is, is we were in each other's lives 24-7. Now, uh, when you're a professional rugby player or, or footballer or whatever it might be, whilst you're in, in the headquarters, you've got eyes on you everywhere, right? The, the coaches, the captains, the mm -hmm. senior players and whatnot, keeping you accountable. But then when you're away from there, you know, some people do what they want to do and might not be as professional and diligent as they are at HQ, whereas me and the boys, we lived together and we were always in each other's company. So we basically were keeping each other in check 24-7, if that makes any sense. Yeah, we, were, yeah, sure. we were, hey, man, I don't know if you should do that. No, it's not good. We've got this on this weekend. Or maybe you shouldn't have that beer or maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, we were just constantly on each other 24-7, but in a, in a loving, caring way. It wasn't... But who would lead that? We would all be, would we it? would all, yeah, yeah, we, we would all take our time and we'd all have moments of weakness like we all do because we're all humans and mm. you know, we all have moments where we make a, thinking about making a, not a bad choice or decision, just one that might not be beneficial for the performance on the weekend or for the long-term health of whatever, blah, 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 blah. So that's what, when I look at it now, I go, geez, we were constantly going, no, no, don't do that. That's not good for you. Yeah, so accountability at home. Yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not just at training, not just at work. Yeah, like, and that, so you had accountability yeah, every day. Yeah, so, so and 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 it did help us all a lot. And, and we yeah. fi I figured out with my older brother, actually, we were talking about our careers uh, about 12 months ago. And we said, geez, we've all had a bit of a slip up in our careers when we've not all been together. Right, uh, we've all done something, a you know, and um, I thought, oh yeah, it's probably a good point, you know. Um, yeah. So that's probably it. Did help our careers being together because we we were accountable, we we're on each other, but we just had uh, that that brother bond um, together all yeah. the time. I want to apologise to my sister as well. <laughs> <laughs> she did, that was what did you say again? Well, she just ate sweets, sweets and farted. I fell down, down the stairs. I fell down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> it is true. It's she only true. she will know, really. She won't watch this. No. Yeah, um, of course she will. It's fine. Millions of viewers, I got told. Look, let's go through it chronologically because it is such a good story and I want to keep it in in some sort of order. But 2006, mm. you made your Super League debut for, yeah. for Bradford Bulls against Leeds. Yeah, uh, right. And you were you were already at that stage dubbed Dirty Leeds. The, the Sunny yeah. Bill. 
of yeah. the UK, weren't you? I think it was at Shantan Harper. Yeah, Harper. So yeah, Harper, yeah. He, he came out with that that yeah. quote. So you come on the stage, everyone's expecting so much. Uh, you then, you know, not long after that, get on the international stage uh, at the expense of Benny Westwood, which is quite a funny oh, story. A story. Tell yeah. that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, uh, so we were playing. I got picked in the like train on squad in 2007 for the um, there was a game. It was centenary year between. The Northern Union and the All Golds. So yeah. it's a, a basically an English team, uh, which was Northern Union versus the All Golds, which was the touring Kiwi team. But they invited, I think, two Australian players that could yeah, tour with yeah, them. Yeah. So we played a one-off test when Bennett was actually the coach of uh, the All Golds team and Tony Smith was ours. Anyway, I was in the squad. I was on the bench. I didn't expect to play a lot of game time. Yeah. Ben Westwood was starting at loose forward. I know I said lock then. It was starting to lose forward. Anyway, uh, two days before the game, he'd gone out the night before and I think he had a few beers and maybe um, something else. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) overindulging. And he'd sort of turned back up to the hotel in not a fit state. Mm. Next morning, came to breakfast and fell down. There's about four steps down into the breakfast (laughs) area. (laughs) Completely missed him, fell, bang, hit the floor and everyone just turned and looked Mm. and all the coaching staff was sat there. Mm. This is getting ready to go into a captain's run session. <laughs> so everyone's going, whoa, what's going on? Happened there. A couple of senior boys took him off and just tried to look after him, but the coach mm. had already seen it and <laughs> disciplined him, looked at see what was wrong with him and decided to put him through a fitness test that night at the captain's run. He still didn't sort of come around and sober up, but Terry Newton's putting spiral bombs up and they're bouncing off his head and he's <laughs> he's doing star jumps because everyone's told him to do star jumps when you get off the bus because the coach will be re- impressed with that. He <laughs> wasn't that impressed with it. Anyway, so they dropped him. They kicked him out the team and off the tour, but that meant that... Did then you feel I, bad? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> hey, Sam uh, grasped uh, on him. I, Sam I did, grasped yeah, on him. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I, I remember Sam <laughs> shouting to Tony, just whispering to Tony, you want to see the state of Ben? You should see the state of Ben. You want to see the state of our Ben? I said you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said you should kick him off the tour. Uh, anyway, but I didn't really, obviously I was a young kid, I was pretty like naive to what was going on. Mm. Anyway, they just said, Sam, you'll start at lock, jump in. Loose forward. forward. Yeah, yeah. You start loose forward, jump in. So I'm like, okay, no worries. I didn't have too much time to think about it. And uh, I played the next night and I ended up playing well. I ended up. You smashed Fui Fui Moimoy, didn't you? No, no, no. This is before that game. So it's like the the lead up game. But I got man of the match, scored a try. And then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Blow my trumpet arm, retired. I can all do that, Cal. And Westwood's just watching from the side. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's at home anyway. He's in bed. So then the coaches have gone, oh. (laughs) But the team we played against was the test team for next week. So it was against that team. So the coaches have gone, geez, you might be able to give some to the team. So then the next week, all week that I was in and out of the team, and he said, look, do you think you'd start in the front row? I said, yeah, of course, I can do that. He said, uh, it's supposed to be Jamie Peacock and Adrian Morley in the front row, but he moved Jamie Peacock to the left-back row, started me and Moz in the front row with Gareth Ellis on the other um, second row, and Sean O'Loughlin at least forward, Terry Newton Hooker. Um, amazing pack. And that was the game then that I... I um, Hit Fui Fui Momoi and um, which put you on the map, didn't it? I mean that yeah, tackle, and you were bit. 19 years old. Yeah, that went it went 18, viral, 18, didn't it? 18, this is yeah. before the days 18. of social media and, yeah. and younger. But do you mean before the days of Instagram and Twitter, and yeah. that tackle was seen around the world? Yeah, it's it did, illegal it, now. Yeah, yeah, it's illegal. Now. It's <laughs> sad, isn't you it? You get yeah. sent off for that. Yeah, I know it's sad, it's isn't mad, it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but it did. It really put me on the map in in in, in some respect um, because at the time Fui was. Uh, class is one of the most destructive runners over the NRL. 
Yeah, I was an 18-year-old kid on debut. and um, He was just Fui Moy back then. You, you made him into Fui Fui Moy. Yeah, well, you? I did make him famous a little bit as well, I think. But uh, <laughs> we, we had... Uh, but it, was a great, it was a great test series, but Benny Westwood, to this day, I saw him last week, um, and he said, you know, I made you, don't you? I said, yeah, thanks, Benny. I was, uh, thank you. Thank you very much for that. He said, no, I made your career by messing up that year. I said, yeah, thanks. Has he, got, has he got those balls under it? What? Control now. Yeah, yeah, still yeah. No, off his yeah head. No, he still can't catch those balls. But, uh, <laughs> so I thought you were talking about something else because he's got, he has got, he's got big balls, big cags. Yeah, is he? Huge, big cags. huge cags. He can yeah. fill, he can fill cags, a pint right? glass. Two players I've known who can fill a pint really? glass yeah. with the, but tiny cock, massive balls. Oh jeez, no, 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 it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah it's good. Um, it's good pack. Yeah. It's good. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so not long that. No, it's fine. See what you want. Shit, piss, bugger, whatever you want. Yeah. So twenty-one years old. Yeah. Let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, I mean, look, that, the fact that that had put you on the map and so on, yeah. and then you always had that that urge to play in the NRL. You never made a secret of wanting to do it. Probably didn't think it was going to happen as soon as you did. Um, and let's fast forward to you having uh, a conversation with Russell Crowe, who rang you up. You thought this was a piss take on the phone. Yeah. You didn't really think it was him. Yeah, well, it was just bizarre because... Um I'd not reached out to them. They'd not reached out to me. It was just that off the cuff. I'd been chasing Manly for a while. Mm. I'd been ringing Desi Hasler on the way to training nearly every day. He kept missing my calls and he wouldn't ring me back. I was a pest. And uh, and then out of the blue, we were playing in Wales and my phone rang. I took the call. It was Russell and I didn't believe it was Russell. And, and then he sent me some bogus. He um, sent. I got a bogus email from. It looked like a fake email address. Because I said, oh, I'll give you my email address and send me an email. Gladiator at hotmail.com. No, it was like some weird... It was some weird, you know, that looked like a junky email. Yeah. And, it, and it came through and it was like all this the history of the club and I thought someone was just pulling my leg from the from the club. It's just copy and, and paste. Andy Lynch, yeah, it looked like a copy and paste. But Andy Lynch once made me believe that I'd got a, a BMW-sponsored car. And he, had me, <laughs> he had me waiting on the other side of the stadium for about two and a half hours. Said, yeah, we'll be there soon, mate. So I'm thinking, it's Andy Lynch <laughs> stitching me up. Yeah, of course, Russell Crowe's going to get in touch with me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it turned out uh, it was him. Uh, and like a couple of weeks later, I went down there with a couple of ma mates and um, we met him, we had dinner and we got on the, the drinks together and we had a big night. And we, I remember we, we were prank phone calling all the other celebrities out of his phone at midnight at night. So was he who pissed off? He sent you this, he compiled this big email we're, and you hadn't read it. No, yeah, no, and then so we didn't talk about anything that night. We just got drunk, and we phone called people. Get? We were ringing Shane Warne. We were ringing pranking uh, Shane Warne. Yeah, we were pranking <laughs> Shane Warne out of his phone, leaving him voicemails. Uh, Dean Withers, you know Dean Withers, who yeah, played yeah. Cast Tigers. He was expecting better than Dean Withers. No, no, no <laughs> yeah. Dean Withers was making oh, a right, prank because okay. he came. Right. He's good friends with Russell. So, hold on, so, th so this was was this on the set of Robin Hood? No, so this is in the hotel. He's staying in a hotel right in Derbyshire. Down in Derbyshire, yeah, yeah on Derby. Uh, anyway. We didn't talk about anything. I'm thinking, what a waste of a night that was. Yeah. Um, we just ate fancy food in a fancy place, and we didn't talk about anything. I wanted to come and play in Australia anyway. He said, look, come down tomorrow. Uh, and I said, I'll come down with my mom. He said, yep. So I went down there, and we sat. This is on the set of Robin Hood, and we sat there for two or three hours. This is on the set of Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, This is a young boy from yeah, Bradford. He's sitting on the Hollywood movie set. He sat chain mail with No, no, so this is right. Costume. So we turned up down there. John. And you can imagine the security on it, right? You know, Ridley Scott's down there, yeah. um, Russell and all the other actors are uh, on it. So the security is pretty big and we're down in a field and um, we pull up and we there's security there. So, yep, your name is um, Sam. Marion. Yeah, yeah, Sam. <laughs> Bird, yeah. Little John. Yeah, that was it, little John. Uh, I'm actually Russell Crowe. I'm, I'm that footballer. They're like, yeah, fuck off, mate. Yeah, and they're like, eh. 
And then they said, oh, yeah, just drive through there. And they drove through, and Russell had this crazy set of, like, three trailers parked in a U-shape, and he had his own courtyard. He was the big dog on the movie. Yeah. Uh, so we pulled in, and we're just like, my, me and my mum turned up, and it was a drizzly day. It was a pretty drizzly day, and mm. so he wasn't ready to act. He came out, and we were chatting, and... Uh, I'm, I always felt bad because everyone was like rushing around and working and they're doing stuff and someone came in about an hour into the meeting and said, oh, hey, Russell, Ridley wants you on set. Uh, we're going to start in an hour or so. And it, Russell had a routine. It takes him about an hour to get ready. <laughs> an hour later, we're still sat there talking. I'm thinking, oh, my God, like we're wasting everyone's time and money here. <laughs> but we just spoke for about three hours before Ridley he decided. Ridley Scott twiddling his thumbs. Yeah, before he decided to get ready and get on set. Uh, but in that three hours, we... Um, we just spoke. We didn't really talk too much about anything other than about me as a, a player, mm. um, as a family, about my brothers, and uh, spoke about a bit about dads. And mm-hmm. I think it was just checking my temperature, seeing what kind of person I was, and mm. uh, whether he wanted to make a play for me because um, you know, it was going to be a big move. Um, and I think he understood that early. And then I think he saw that the care that me and my brother had for each other, the family we had, and it, I think he saw the opportunity right there. In that, that resonated moment. with yeah, him. And that's why he, he took his time that day. Mm. And um, anyway, so then it took us off and we watched him film a few scenes, which was pretty cool. Mm. And uh, so we spent the day down there. And um, yeah, we, I reckon within about three or four weeks, we had a, a deal together. But it wasn't the most amazing deal, but it was a deal that got me a chance in the NRL. And, yeah. and I was happy to take it. So... Fast forwarding just a little bit, then on your twenty-first birthday, yeah. you land into Sydney, yeah. and and it all begins. But just before that, you'd been getting loose with Russell in Los Angeles. Yeah, Can you tell us loose. what happened we in LA? Loose. Yeah, yeah. So, well, first of all, um, I wasn't supposed to be on duty in, like until mid-Jan or something because um, I just played in the Four Nations series in two thousand and nine, and we lost in the finals to Australia. So we didn't finish up playing till like mid-November or something. Um, and but anyway, I wasn't doing anything. I was twiddling my thumbs, and he Russell just called me one day. And said, "You fancy coming to Pittsburgh? I'm filming a movie here the next three days." <laughs> he said, "I've got like four days left, and then we'll go to LA for four days if you want. We've got there's a few parties there, and then we'll fly into Sydney together." I was like, "Sounds cool." I was like, "No worries." Um, I sent him my passport. Next day, I had flights booked. So I was like, "Cool, <laughs> all right, this is happening." So then I went to Pittsburgh. I spent four days there. What film was that? Big one. Or? The next three days, it was called. Okay. Yeah, Not really Scott it, again, thinking, it, it "Fucking this guy's back." It's a pretty good movie. I know it's Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's Did you keep movie. Ron Howard waiting as well? No, no, no. It was business. This one because it was the back end of the shoot, right. and I think he was pretty tired and wanted to get home too. But it was. Uh, not before four days in LA, um, <laughs> but we. Uh, so that was great. That was a good experience. Did he get look. loose, Russell? Oh, he has a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a great time. Yeah, he loves tequila. And he, it, at the time, he was drinking. He used to drink. Yeah, yeah. He used to drink a lot of vodka. He was drinking vodka back in the, in those days, and um, yeah, so he just. Yeah, we get pretty loose. Wild, when wild we, time. but it's always pretty. We we lock it down and getting behind closed doors. And yeah. the best party he ever took me to was in 2012. I'd flown to New York to see him after Vegas. After Vegas, yeah. we'd been in Vegas together. I'd yeah. spent three days in Vegas mm. and almost didn't leave Vegas in one piece. Um, but after that, I'd planned to go see Russell and my mate Chris Feather was uh, his bodyguard at the time, trainer, um, and he was filming Noah there in New York and mm-hmm. so I went there to hang out for a bit and uh, unfortunately for the, uh, the city of New York the Hurricane Sandy hit mm-hmm. So, was, but for me 
but benefit of me, it meant that I got ex- an extended stay there because I couldn't fly out for like 12 days. At the days expense of everyone in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but So that meant we were there for Halloween in New York uh, with yeah Being every every star you can think of was in town because they were all stuck there. Yeah, right? they love Halloween in New York. Yeah, and they turned this old cathedral into the, this amazing nightclub and we rocked up and like, well, I'm going to drop some names here. Get That's ready. Cool for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, Go on. Better than Shane Warnock. Dean Widders. Yeah, Dean way Widders. better. Way better. We didn't, we didn't have fancy dress. We didn't have a fancy dress on because we weren't prepared for it. But we didn't care anyway. Um, you could have easily gone as a pumpkin, y- though. Yeah. <laughs> <you? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> a bit of orange paint, Sam. <laughs> just paint just paint it, paint it orange and just I'll be, I'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Ah. Do some more. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so, so anyway, we... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, move on. So we got dressed up... Uh, in normal clothes, and we went to this party. It's a private party. And there's thousands of people in there, and some famous DJ on. But we walk in the booth we're in, and in there it's like Leonardo DiCaprio, Jay Z, <laughs> Beyonce, uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, what's the little chubby guy out of Superbad? What's his name? Just the Jonah Hill. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and like Ice Cube was there. All these. <laughs> And I'm just going, yeah, yeah, and I'm sitting there going, what am I doing in this room? Yeah, I'm going, what am I doing in this room? I'm like, look at people say, like, she was right there. I could have touched her if I wanted to. And JC, and I'm like, and she looks so hot. She is so good. She had like a suit on. Speak to any of them or just fanboy. Yeah, so on this trip, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Leo. Sorry, yeah, Leo. LDC, we called him. LDC, he was. He was the coolest of the lot, but he's mm. probably the biggest name. And he had uh, his crew with him, four or five guys. And um, so they were stuck in town as well. And then we had to move hotels, and we ended up being in the same hotel with him. And we ended up, I ended up hanging out with him and his boys for about a week because mm. Russell was busy filming, and he wanted me on set, but I ended up just palming that off because I was just hanging around with Leo and his mates. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm just going, what is going on? <laughs> um, so that's probably the most insane like week of so in that like yeah it was cool as it was really cool. So <laughs> so let's go, let's go to that bit where you arrive in Sydney and uh, I imagine life was so different because I know you said yeah. it wasn't a, the greatest deal the great yeah. the greater deals came later with yeah. the contracts but you're on a decent deal decent yeah. cash to what you were, were earning in in Super League and people cared about it. That's front page you know you're, yeah, the the, crazy, the media yeah. scrutiny good and bad had ramped up a few gears. Yeah it? it was it was actually um, a complete change in lifestyle really because coming from Dewsbury and playing in the Super League um, it's fantastic uh, but it's a different level when you go over there and I didn't quite understand the hype that had been made about me before I arrived there and I think Russell knew so we landed in together in Sydney and he went off through the back door I went through the front door mm. um, it's just my birthday it was 14th of December 2009 and um, I walk out and there's a ton of press there and I'm thinking what's going on here like as I thought Russell went that way. Mm. I thought it was for Russell because um, everywhere in America, there's cameras everywhere all over yeah. us. And um, so I went through and there's cameras everywhere and I, I was still a bit shocked that they were on chasing me. Anyway, so the day went like this. It was about 8 o'clock in the morning. I had a car waiting right up front for me. Like, there's a big escalator. I'm like, that's a bit over the top. Uh, big escalator. And I had cameras following me the whole day. It's mm. documented this day. Um I went back to my apartment in, in Potts Point. It's a great place. It's a great apartment. Um, I was very lucky with that. Uh, and um, I, they said, oh, I said, listen, the boys are training. So I had a press conference down at Redfern at midday. Um, so they go and so get some food, you know, get some clothes on. And they had some clothes in the apartment for me, like some South gear and 
went down to Redfern, went there, and the whole squad was there. They were all training, mm. um, and oh, it was it was a frenzy. Like the cameras everywhere. I'm thinking this is nuts. I was embarrassed because the cameras. Were, I, I felt like I dragged all this attention onto the team. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And then at a press conference, and they did some corny thing where I had to blow out some candles and cut <laughs> a, you know birthday cakes on the 21st. <laughs> and then they said, "Oh, the team are training this afternoon. If you want to watch," I said, "Want to watch? I'll, I'll train." Yeah. Um, I said, "I said the only thing is I didn't bring any football. I didn't bring any boots with me. So can someone if someone gets me some boots, I'll train." So someone ran off and got us a pair of boots, and I trained with the team that day. It was a full. It was a full club session as well. So the under twenties would, and our second team, all trained on like a combined session. I trained that day on my birthday, and we had a week's worth of training before they broke up for Christmas. So I trained the whole week. I trained with the team, and then um, got to know everyone, and and then we had our Christmas break. And what did I they make of you when you rocked up like a rock star? No, they, they were, it, it took me a while to break through actually because. Um, some of them must have been thinking, who the fuck yeah, is who's this dickhead? That's yeah. what I could see it. I could feel yeah. it. Yeah, and there's not many that warmed to me. It took them it took them about three until I started playing with them. They didn't really want to know me mm. yeah. um, because I was essentially going to take someone's spot because they're not going to bring me here with all this media hype and blah blah and not put me in the team. They're thinking you'd have hated you, wouldn't you, if you'd seen that? Oh, uh, not really. I, I wouldn't have done it. Honestly, I wouldn't have done because. I was good. It's good for the team, right? Yeah. If, if a good player comes over, I'm yeah, happy. Yeah. I'm, I want to play with good players. I want to win. I want to do all that stuff. Change rooms are funny like that, though, aren't they? Yeah. Because there's a lot of e there's a lot of egos yeah, involved, yeah. and 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 people for yeah. Sam to turn up at training with cameras, yeah. you'd be surprised how many people would view that as well, why are they here for me? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that is an instant impression. Whether mm. you know, it's nothing that you could control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you know, we've all been in changing rooms where mm. that that sort of happens. Yeah. I'm interested in in the, the profile what you had mm. right in, in Australia. Still got a bit on it. Yeah, well, the profile at that time well, and and adapting from being in Super yeah. League to that profile and and I don't think many people understand what having your profile means. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's a there's a there's a pressure and a yeah. scrutiny that a lot of us. A lot of people would never experience, and how how have you dealt with that? And yeah. what's it, what does it look like? I, I accepted it quite young. That I accepted that that's going to be my uh, situation quite young, um, uh, because if if I didn't if I didn't do that, it would have eaten me alive. So I, I had to I had to accept that that was my life now, especially. But I couldn't be angry at it because I'd made those decisions. I wanted to play in that league. I wanted to be in the. I wanted to go and test myself at that level. Yeah, I, I didn't think that. Um, like my private life would get scrutinised as much, and 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 the girls that I was hanging out with or whatever it be, I didn't know that. So I made a couple of mistakes along the way, or I wasn't as diligent with a few things. Uh, but it's alright. I just learn it, and uh, like now I've been there ten years, and and it's grown over the ten years. Like now, it's I have to be, I have to keep things together. I have to be uh, diligent in, in what I'm doing and where I'm going and who I'm with. And um, but like like I said earlier um, today somewhere that. I can't I can't be upset at the fact of that because it's for, for me as a kid from Jewsbury I love the game of rugby league and uh, we all want the game to be as big as possible and get as much profile as it. So I can't sit here and say oh well I'm I, you know I feel uh, um, disgruntled about it because it it just means that the game's so interesting over there and yeah. we'd all love it like that over here because it would mean that the game's big and it's getting what it deserves. Yeah. Have you had to adapt your life on the back of that in terms of like? Who you hang around with, where you go, do you keep an inner circle? Are you are you, are you a bit more reserved? Yeah, a lot more a reserved. A lot more reserved. Yeah, it's not. That's why it's nice to come home and uh, 
can let the hair down a little bit, but you you tend to I can go out for a beer on a on a Friday and Saturday night, and it's not an issue for me. Whereas uh, in Sydney, I just can't do that at the moment. Like, I can't I can't go anywhere. Has anyone ruined the, the inner circle? Has anyone blown the trust? No, no, everyone's no. everyone. Oh, yeah, that's a yes. Oof. That's yeah, fine. yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. not inner circle, but outer circle. Yeah, like you. You're probably else, so. like in the circle. overlapping circle, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're your inner circle joined to another inner circle, yeah. but they're not really. Yeah, they're not really in that <laughs> no, circle, no, but they're part of that circle, and it's crossing yeah, my circle. So they've infiltrated yours. my circle. Yeah, yeah. Get it. And just Get it. Oh, a few things. But that's all right. Like you're just learning whatever. What's I, the most annoying thing about your profile? What's the most? What is the thing? If you could change it, you know, you've spoken about right. Yeah. It's great, and you can promote yeah. the sport, and it's fantastic, and you've got all these wonderful opportunities. You're yeah. in New York. You sat with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. It's mega, isn't it? Yeah, it's mega. Yeah. What is the thing that annoys you most about being as famous as you are? Um, w- the most annoying thing is when I'm a tiny bit late, or I'm pushing like, to like make for the podcast. Today. Yeah, like I'm late here today, guys. Sorry, but like when I'm not sorry, <laughs> sorry whatsoever. I'm sorry whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I am really to the staff me here, but to you, somebody asked staff. But like um, when I'm, I'm like a tiny bit late to somewhere, and someone stops me and they go. Oh man, just do this until the story. Can I just have one picture? And you and feel then, like you have to. And then, oh, yeah, I'll take this one. But it's one picture for them. But it creates a commotion and it's like 30 pictures for me. Yeah. And then I'm definitely late now. And then I'm going to get fired. You know what the answer to that is? Yeah. Just get there a little bit earlier and then yeah, do the pictures. Yeah, no, but sometimes in <laughs> life you can't control something. And, and then there's other, it's now with have got kids, it's annoying when I'm trying to take my kids to the park. That's, mm. that's pretty annoying. I don't like it. It becomes intrusive, doesn't it? Why do you get a disguise? It's hard. Oh, the I'm glasses like, with the fake nose and the moustache. Yeah, Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, yeah. But, but I am the six foot five hulking guy. Remember, Will said at the start. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not a big deal. Wikipedia heights can be edited. So I made him five foot three yeah, and seventeen did, yeah. and a half stone. Yeah, someone oh, said that to me the other day. They said yeah, oh, he's quite deceptive compared to your Wikipedia. Yeah. I'm you were five foot three. Yeah. Um, look. I don't want to be rude because so much I want to get through and I have to get on a train in about 25 minutes but there's loads of stuff I want to go through still so bear with me on these I want to go to next 2014 NRL grand final unbelievable Um, and the fact that the first bit of contact you had in that match the first tackle that you made within seconds of the game you you have a face like a drop pie, as James yeah, Graham put that's it. Quote, that's quote on. Quote that's on exactly quote. what he said. And clashed heads you, with the cow. You, 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 you broke the cheekbone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't what, know. Did, did you know you'd broken your cheekbone? Yeah. Did anyone know? And t- you knew straight away. Did you? Describe that pain. Describe that moment. That emotion in, on, on the biggest stage of your oh, career. It was, um, it was. It was really painful, actually. It was, uh, but it was, it was a shock as well because you. I'd never had any facial injury before, believe it or not, except a broken nose. Uh, so I'd never broken any bones or anything around there. Um, so I didn't know what it felt like. You know, I've dislocated shoulders and, and fingers or whatever. So you never felt that before. And it's, I got like a, it was like a stinging like sensation straight down my face. If, you, if you've broken I've cracked my cheekbone, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, I've not done yeah. that anywhere near but, the But what happened was my, the impact was so big here, it, it wedged in and it, it must have hit like a nerve pad underneath here. All down my face, so you feel it hanging off, yeah. So, so for about the first 10 15 or straight away after, I thought, Oh man, I, was like, I can't believe it! I worked all year to get here, right? Yeah. And this can't be my this can't be my story, this can't be my finish. And bear in mind, I'd signed to go to rugby union next year, yeah. So, I thought in my head, This is my last game for South Sydney, I'm not playing 10 seconds and coming off, like especially in the grand final. So, I thought I'll just try and make a couple of tackles, see how we go. 
got down the other end, made a couple of tackles, and uh, it was sore. And as I'm running, this is uncomfortable. It was bouncing up and down because I'd, I'd cracked it in, in, I cracked it in here across the, uh, across the eye, eye socket, and then on the side here, just so there was a piece of whole part of the thing just bouncing up and down. Anyway, we we long story short. I made a couple of runs in that first 10, 12 minutes, uh, and it was sore. It was hard. I'm thinking I'm going to struggle. I thought, get me to 20 minutes, I'll be okay. Do you have any other hits on it? Yeah, so, so we scored a try like on the 15th minute, some 15 minutes into the game. It got disallowed. Locked Kiri in the bottom right corner. Adam Reynolds put a kick over. And I was the first one to him to celebrate, and I'm hugging Locked Kiri, and I'm, my head's in close, and Greg Inglis came flying over the oh. top, hit the back of my head which hit Lotte Kiri's head in the exact same spot and I pulled oh. out of it. If you watch the game back again, you can see it. I pulled out of it. Wincing in the celebration. But, but it wedged my ice hockey in. So oh when after God. that moment, when I was running, it wasn't doing the bouncing thing anymore. <laughs> but but then also what it, did it, it was good. It yeah, wedged it, back, wedged it, it even in. in further. So what happened then is it limited my, my mouth. So I couldn't open my mouth enough because my jaw would hit where it wedged in. You must have looked like you were having a stroke. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't I, speak. I, I, I could speak, but I couldn't open my top half of my jaw. Uh, so you'll see when I'm celebrating at the end of the game, I'm like that. Because I can't physically can't open my mouth. Anyway, um, but anyway, before I know it, I, I planned to get to half time. That was my goal. Mm. Got there and uh, unscathed, really. I mean, obviously, it was the, the pain. The pain was there, but there was so much going on as well. Like, I had enough to distract me. And throughout that year, I'd played with quite a lot of bumps and bruises and. Um, leading into the finals, round 26, I had, I was playing with about four needles in four different spots, uh, and I didn't want to play. I didn't want to play round 26 because the the result had no bearing on where we finished. Mm. I didn't want to play. I told Michael Maguire that on captain's run, I half strained my hip in captain's run. I said I'm not playing. No, I'm get, getting ready for the finals. I'll fly home. He said, No, mate, you, you just bring your boots tomorrow. I said, I'm not playing, mate. He said. Just ring me in the morning, see how you feel. Find him in the morning. Uh, I said, look, Madge, I'm not playing my mind. I'm not changing my mind. He said, look, Sam, just bring your boots to the game. Uh, <laughs> see how you feel, right, when you get to the stadium. If He knew me. He knew me. I got to the stadium. I saw Jared Wurry Hargraves. I saw Sonny Bill Williams. I'm I'm playing. There's no way I'm not playing. I get there. And I see them. I feel the atmosphere. It's round 26, Roosters v. Rabbit. And he knew you I'm would playing. do that if you yeah. brought your boots. Yeah, so I brought my boots. I played. Uh, and he said, I'll just play 20 minutes. But it ended up being, they got out in front and the game got tied up playing like 65 minutes. We got beat, right? We were missing Isaac Luke too. We had three or four inches of guys out. It was a, it was, but what it did, it, it, I trained my mind all year like to overcome pain and obstacles uh, because I'd played with it all year and he knew what he was doing, so it was a smart play from him. Yeah. Um, you don't know what was coming up in the, in the finals. and So by the time we got to that incident, I'd had experience of managing some serious injuries. Well, George, George has said that you'd have to have sliced both your legs off to get you off that pitch. Because, I mean, even at half-time, yeah. the physio's going, mate, come into the... He yeah. said, don't talk to me. So at half-time, uh, my doctor, I've got a great relationship with him because um, I've been on his on his bed quite a lot. Um, that's, a, that's a whole other show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's after nine o'clock. So, uh, <laughs> no, um, so at half-time, he was, looked at me super concerned and he said, Sam, come into the back room. I said, Doc, I'm not going in. He said, Sam, I need to see you. I said, look, Andrew, I've played the first four. I'm in the team. I want to sit down and listen. I want to be feel this halftime talk. Uh, and he just said, look, you need to know not to blow your nose. And he said, you can lose your eye if you get hit there oh again. God. I said, okay, no worries. Okay. And, and he said, well, at least I warned you. I said, no problem, sit down. And um, 
Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't lose my eye. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't lose my eye, and uh, and uh, we we ended up going on and winning the game. Incredible. Good, yeah. um, okay, we're going on to then from that point where, like you said, you'd already agreed to switch codes before that, which yeah. was a strange season for you because I know that when you signed that contract and agreed the deal to Bath, uh, with obviously England in mind in the yeah. future, you'd said to your teammates, "I don't want to talk about it. The deal's yeah. done. Let's just play for the rest of the season." You then come over to England. Um, and that obviously was in the forefront, just like you going over with the Fui Fui yeah. Moi Moi tackle yeah. to Australia. You come over to England with playing with a broken cheekbone in the NRL Grand Final. Um, you have to learn everything again. You know, you're playing uh, at centre where you're touching the ball four or five times a game, mm. making three, four tackles compared to being right in the thick of it. It was a complete lifestyle change again wasn't it to, to do that and there was so much expectation on you because I remember it at the time it was like this kid's coming over you watch him he's going to start at, mm. at centre for England they're going to win the World Cup there was there was pressure pressure on yeah. you you must have felt well, that it was exactly like the, the trip to Australia turn up at Bath and I was going to take some of the spot um, so it took me a while to crack through to them a little bit uh, but it, it was it was actually um, it was harder than I thought it was going to be the, the just the technical side of the game um I didn't really care about the pressure because I'd had that my whole life, so I'd, I never really read it or felt it. I didn't really bother me too much. Where the only time I felt it is through other people. I could f see the, they're feeling the pressure of, mm. yeah, they were talking about stuff, and it didn't really bother me too much. So, but what uh, I found hard was obviously leaving the game uh, as, as uh, I had a good hold on rugby league at the time. I, f I was finding it easy, so to speak. And then coming to a game where I'm like, I'm at ground level, right? And uh, that's that was that was. You really... playing the reserves with twenty year old kids, yeah. and you've been on the biggest stage yes. on the global stage. You must have been thinking, what the hell is going right. on? Right, there's a one like the most humbling time in rugby union for me is I played Exeter away on a on a Monday night. So I was playing for the second team on a Monday night, which is the kids. Mm. Uh, so I shouldn't say kids, but the younger players. 19, 20, 21 year old mm. on a Monday night and then I would back up and play for the first team off the bench on a Saturday so I was playing two games a week so I was maximising my learning potential and then I'm training all week so I play Monday and then I train Tuesday with the first grade squad um, so I was going I was like foot to the throat I was going as hard as I could but we played extra on a Monday night up at Exeter away 6.30 kick off it was freezing it's like January time there would have been 10 people in the crowd but there was one of those 10 people had his dog with him as well. And I remember seeing him and warm going, oh, that's strange. I've never really seen a dog at a game before. That guy came to echo me all game. Right? He came in all day. He's going, Burgess, you shit. You don't know what you're doing, Burgess. I didn't. It was right. I was playing at, I was playing as a flanker. <laughs> right. they, they were playing me at flanker in the second team because you could make mistakes there. And I was mm. doing line-outs. I mean, it, it looked kind of stupid sometimes. But... Um, all night, I've got to give it to this guy. He was relentless. He didn't stop. On you, shit, Burgess. You don't know what you're doing. Anyway, the Exeter team was a good team, mm. and uh, we ended up beating them on the bell. And this guy, like, I wanted to play well to piss this guy off in the crowd. Yeah, and and I ended up having one of the better games I'd played for him, um, for in the bathroom. I'll, I'll be the second team. Um, but I went to him after the game and I said, mate, I'm, I'm playing on Saturday down at the Wrecking Bath. Would you mind turning up there? Because you helped me tonight, mate. You helped me get through tonight. Because uh, I remember looking around going, what am I doing? Yeah, This is nuts. Like 20 people. But it was also then, I enjoyed playing with the younger players and the mm. younger kids and I could see they, they, 
it's funny being in the changing rooms and they're all nervous to talk to me, like all these young kids. They're looking mm. at me. I was this guy that come over and played in that suit. But I didn't see myself like that. Mm. So they were looking at me. No one had talked to me. I was like, hey, man, what's up? Come on, just talk to me. It's all right. Like, uh, what play we're running? What do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd try and help them out a bit. And um, But uh, I, I had a good time. I enjoyed my time. But, but from then, so you you know, you know, you do get into the England setup, and I think you played against France, and Matt Dawson slags you off saying you can't yeah. take this guy to the World Cup. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you get into the to the World Cup setup. Um, England have a shit World Cup, which is mm. not mm. absolutely to do with you whatsoever. You, you were a scapegoat for a lot of people in this well, country. I, this is one of the things I think I got protective and frustrated around this time uh, and obviously not that you needed any protection or frustration mm. from anyone but from from myself from the outside looking in on when Sam was playing I, I remember I did a an interview for BBC Five Live and I think it was Jeremy Guskett and it was me and it was all based around you yeah. about your performances or, or whatever and um Around the time, the independent newspaper ran an article and David Cameron was getting criticised for the language he used and he referred to refugees coming through like a swarm, you know, and the independent had pulled him up on it and said, mm. you can't use words flippantly like this. The same newspaper that week described Sam as a refugee, a, a rugby <laughs> league refugee. And, and, and do you know what? I realised then is there's a really subtle yeah. bias that you could never, that you yeah. could never overcome. Yeah. In, in, in terms of how you would be reported, yeah, and it might, I reckon it could have. You know, you you it would have. I thought you did exceptionally well, mm. and you another two years, and it would have mm. maybe looked maybe different. Yeah. But at that point, Sam, I realised there's a subconscious bias that you would never overcome. Yeah, coming no, from a position of working class background yeah. into the sport, which realistically is. Is is uh, elevated like social? Rings, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's cute. That isn't <laughs> it? I, 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 I do agree a little bit because there was, a, I did feel like I was swimming upstream a little bit. You know, we made the Premiership final at Bath, yeah. right? And I was starting flanker with them every for the last twelve games of the season. We got beat by Saracens. I wonder why they beat us. Uh, <laughs> you know, everyone's getting houses <laughs> bought on, on the sly from the owner. But, um, but you know, so so it wasn't a failure. And then no, no. you know, to get in that squad, we had a fifty-man squad picked that was then going to be whittled down to thirty-three or thirty-two. And there was eight centres picked and picked me as a centre. Now there's no way in the world I'd, I was not getting picked. There's no way the they were going to outwork me those other eight guys seven guys I was always going to get in there because I know my mentality I would, I would not lose I wouldn't have lost that when they made it a, we're picking four out of eight I'll be in the four I guarantee that um, so I made you know so I, I didn't get in there just by anything I worked so hard and then there is a stat whilst I was playing for England we, we never lost we were never behind and the most controversial game we, we played in, against Wales uh, we were le we were up by ten points, uh, and then they brought me off. Yeah. Put George Ford on. Uh, Brad, Brad Barrett missed a tackle. Yeah, yeah. And I remember watching the coverage, and yeah. Brad Barrett missed a tackle, yeah. and the, and I think they kind of insinuated it was your fault. And yeah. I'm like screaming I, at the television. I was on like, the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was on, no, no. So we were we were yeah. winning by ten points, fifteen minutes to go. Yeah. I came off. We lost by three. But yet then I got blamed for loss. Like, How does that work? I had no influence on that <laughs> end bit of the game. Like, we were winning by ten when I went off. Yeah. But that's just that you were yeah. up against. So you can't. You can never reason with it. So but you I, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did. Mm. What, I was, did your, what was your relationship? With 
Stuart Lancaster and Rob Andrew, because I know you've had stuff to say about Rob Andrew afterwards, but I mean, do, do you feel that, going back to that scapegoat thing, yeah. um, you know, Rob has had some strong things to say about you as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what. He was, I, I he was director he was trying of the to sell a book. At the time. Rob was trying to sell a book. Oh, Long story short, he was trying to sell a book. He, he mentioned my name, he gets a headline. Right. That's how it works. So Rob selfishly was trying to promote a book through using my name. But he was on board with you him. at the time. I never met him really. Not spent a lot of time with him. Really? With Stuart, good relationship with Stuart. Yeah. Um, didn't get on with Mike Ford. Uh, he was playing the game in the background. He was a bit of a, which, um, you know, he was, he was always doing, pulling strings, he had his own agenda. And I don't like that. I like straight up, upfront conversation. And the Lancaster real was things. straight up with you. Yeah, Lancaster was straight up with me. Um, he was direct. Uh, all the coaching staff of the England set were great. Mm. It was the behind, it was the politics that I struggled to, to manage. Um, but at the end of the day, there was a decision I had to make. And the decision was, my initial thought after the World Cup was, I'm going to prove this whole country wrong. I'm going to captain this country in the next World Cup. That's exactly what I thought. And then I, and then I was student it for a couple of days and I went back to Bath and, you know, I didn't really, I'd, I'd lost a bit of respect for Mike Ford uh, and the way he handled himself through some things. And, yeah, he was, he was playing on my name a bit as well. Uh, and then I thought, why am I doing it? For who? Am I doing it to prove people wrong? Am I doing it for me? And uh, the, the overriding factor was I wasn't doing it for me. I, I was doing well, you, you said just to set that imagery a bit more. You you sat in Twickenham, eighty five thousand people, yeah. and you didn't hurt enough to think no, I want to prove people wrong. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit me like um, like rugby league hit me in the heart. Um, and it didn't suit your game. You, when I used to watch you play in the league, you do twenty forty tackles, twenty carries, and then in Union, it didn't seem like you enjoyed it or it suited what you were all about. Well, and, and that's that was the overriding uh, uh, reason for my decision to say, well, look. I don't enjoy it enough, or I, was, I don't love it as much. It doesn't suit me as much as league. Um, so why, and, and we have such a short career, as I've just found out, that why would I spend another three, four years here in something that I don't quite love as much just to prove a bunch of people that I can do it uh, to their standard? Um, so I just made the call, I want to go back to Australia and play in what time I'd left in my career in, in a sport that... that I think suited me a bit better. And Russell was was good, wasn't he, at this time? I mean, yeah. you know, I know you had a difficult conversation about switching initially, but yeah, obviously but, took you back with but, open But arms. we, you know, we handled that really well on that side of things in terms of it was all up front. It was we sat in front of each other as men and we had a conversation. Whereas when I did it on the other side with Mike Ford, and uh, it was sneaky, sneaky, he's trying to be a bit sneaky about things, and so mm. it did get a bit. bit, bit do, do you re do you regret it? You know, if I was to give you that scenario now and say, look, you could have just forgotten all that, stayed at South Sydney. Do you? No, I don't. I don't have any regrets because then I won't have. I won't have been able to say, oh, I played for England in both codes. So I, I, I don't live with too many regrets um, in my career. Uh, but there, but there must be it must be a frustration because the Sam Burgess that we all know mm. should have been. A fucking epic centre at Union as well for England. Yeah, well, a I mean, long career I mean, and captain this country. You, you could say, you could say that, but then I, uh, I would have been doing it for the wrong reasons. And I've always, I've never done things for the wrong. I've just always done them for what I believe in and what I think's right. And mm. I still, to this day, think every decision I made is at that time was the right decision. Uh, but then might not be the right decision. Well, for hindsight, hindsight is a wonderful yeah. thing in life, and all you've yeah. got is information at any yeah. one time in your life. And yeah. You put it all together and you make a decision. Yeah. And it's only time will tell whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. But it's just a decision, isn't yeah. it? And, that, and that's it. That's the end of this. So I don't hang on to those things. I just you got to move on in, in things in life. You got to accept things. Just move on and then 
uh, make the best out of what you got. I'm going to make a really uh, weird interjection now, which doesn't normally happen in podcasts when someone just leaves the podcast and gets on a train. But oh, this yeah, was because you were late. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to finish it, so you guys are going to carry on for ten. Don't let Mark speak too much, John. You're in charge. Just, just <laughs> nod and because there's still there's still more to go, and I, uh, it would be crazy to finish it there. And I want to hear about you know the retirement, everything you've gone through, yeah, obviously cool. what you're going through with your wife and yeah. all sorts of things as well. But I love you, Sam. Thank you so much yes, for no, your time. You, I'm going to sneak off here, and, John. And you're in charge. I must just say before you go that opening paragraph. You like it? Did you write that? Yeah, I'm a wordsmith. No, 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 he's not. Wow. He's not a wordsmith. He does a lot of two-hour <laughs> trains from London, and he googles yeah. Oscar Wilde, and he, yeah. he put, you know, he's copying and pasting a lot. Look, look <laughs> much like Russell's email to yeah, you. Yeah. That's been compiled through. That, that was uh, it. Was it was wonderful. I mean, George, George is actually ringing me. That's why I know I've got to go because he's giving me a lift to the station, which is very weird for people watching. But I do have to go to London. I've got to work at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's, don't let that's don't let me ruin the rest of the podcast, John. Let's have a kiss. Thank you. See oh, you later. Feels, that's cute. Mark, thank you very much. Oh, I've got makeup on my face now. Mm. Oh, that was on the lips. Um, that was on the lips. Thank you very much. I'll take my Haribo. Carry on. Really on the lips. See you all next time. Don't You've forget you can download the podcast. <laughs> Mate, you want to see the rest of me? Yeah. Um, no, you can download you the podcast. You've got, you got soft yeah. body no, as well. Yeah. No. No, no, iTunes, no. Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Thanks. See you. Yeah, well. see ya. Why have we got a pink microphone? We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Are you uncomfortable with the pink microphone, Will? Yeah. So did you leave us some questions to talk about? Or no, it's good. We'll are go. we just to our own yeah, devices yeah. here? You can write your own questions, Sam. Yeah, 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 all right, what are we talking about? So, <laughs> now well, the boring one's gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, this is going to get really <laughs> deep still in now. the room. <laughs> oh, no, he's still here. <laughs> so, the injury, retirement, obviously, like, you, you've, you said you've had, like, a whirlwind six months, and, and it's been big for lots of reasons, but, yeah. you know, the biggest... Our piece of news for rugby fans around the world was was you, the the suddenness of, of yeah. your retirement. Talk us through that, bro. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sudden. Uh, Wilco, I um, I didn't really didn't have, well, just saw signed a new deal not so long ago, eighteen months ago, two years ago, and um, you know, leading into leading into this year, uh, I'd had the best preseason I'd had for a while because in the in the off season of eighteen, I decided to have a clean up in my right shoulder. And right wrist, which I've been struggling for. Get my water bottle, sorry. Yeah, right. he's still here. See, well. See, you can't stop listening to us talk now. No. See, this is he's like all the viewers. He's yeah. a narcissist. Yeah, he couldn't just leave. He had to. He had yeah. to come back. He wants the last word, but yeah. we're going to get it tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was, you know, leading into this season or 2019 season, that I'd probably had the um, the best preseason I'd had for a number of years, and I was I was fit. I was determined. I was, we lost to the Roosters in the in the prelim uh, the year before. Um, and I was so determined. I was, I was hell bent on I am getting to the grand final 2019, uh, and I genuinely believed it. So I was on a mission in preseason. Uh, you know, I'd had a few things happen in my private life too that, that kind of drove me to train hard. And um, I was focused, um, and I had the group. We had the I had the group going pretty well too. We we were all on this path, um, and then. Wayne came in, which was great for the team. He's just exactly what I need around me to, a good mm -hmm. bit of guidance. And uh, it was started the season off fantastically well. We were out with the first, I think, 12 rounds. We won 11 and lost one. But I, I picked up, I did pick up this niggle in my left shoulder about round six or seven. And it progressively got worse and worse. And I'm, you know, I'm, com I'm complaining. I normally complain too much about things unless I knew there was an issue. So I'd said to the physio, I said, look, this, I think I've got a problem with my left shoulder. Can we just check it out? We'd check it out, no real relief from it, and um, you know we'd uh, they wouldn't they didn't want to jab the jab the shoulder to play with because it was in the joint, 
Anyway, it just got to a point where uh, my quality of life was terrible. I couldn't move my eye. I couldn't. Well, what's, what does that look like, though? I mean, well, it got to a point where the, the furthest movement I had in my right, in my left shoulder, was there, um, and I was playing on that. So I, I played about another four or five games on it. Um, what was what was the actual issue? Was it some? Yeah, so we we'd scanned it at this yeah. point. We'd scanned it by now, and it didn't want to show any a huge amount of issue really, other than I obviously had a bit of wear and tear in there, but. Um, there's just a bit of floating cartilage in there, but I'd had that in my right shoulder in the previous year, but I'd managed to play right through to the end of the season and then we cleaned it out. Uh, so I'm just thinking maybe that, but it's just in a bad spot. Uh, it just caused me a lot of pain. It's sat against something or, or whatever. Anyway, we got to a stage in the, in the season, it's round 13 maybe, and at that point we had, over the next five weeks, we only had two games. We had like a, a buy into a game to buy. So I could get away with, if I had a clean out, and it took me five weeks to get back on. I'd only missed two games. So that was the most efficient way to do it. So we went in for surgery and um, uh, we cleaned it up and it didn't really feel too much better uh, and it wasn't improving at all. Three weeks after surgery, I went to go and see the surgeon after and I said, oh, I'm playing next week. He said, no, you're not. You can't play. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you've got an infection in there. And I'm thinking, well, why is this only coming to me now? Um, yeah. And then we had a pretty direct conversation with each other um, about... Did he know previously that you had this infection? No, no, he didn't know anything. He's, but he'd only seen it when he went into my shoulder. And he'd done my previous two operations as well. So anyway, I said, you know, he said, he told me that I couldn't play on it. He should, I should think about retiring my shoulders. He said, the damage in there is like, I've never seen a shoulder as bad. Those were his exact words. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like, can't retire now. Not ready. I'm not not ready at all. Um, plus, midway through campaign, we've going so well. So the the next thing on the list was to get rid of the infection, right? Um, so I had a what's called a pick line inserted into it went under my right arm here. Yeah. Put like 50 centimeters of shooting through my thing, and it sat just above my heart. And I had a, like a drip on me 24/7. I had to go the, to the hospital every single day, and I get a new drip put on. How uh, long was this? Uh, for about four and a half weeks, I had to do it. Um, but in this point, I was trying to keep my fitness up. So bearing in mind, I'd, I'd already been out three. And I had this in for four and a half weeks. So I'm out seven and a half weeks. Um, but this also makes you tired too because um, you know, it's gone directly into your heart. But I was used to strap it to my body. I'd go training and I'd strap it to my body and just run because that's all I could do. I could do running light weights. My shoulder was so bad. So I, I, I went backwards. I went backwards. I know that because I, I couldn't run as aggressively as I was running because I was so fatigued. By the time I took it out and got back, we'd lost a few games. I had players in origin. We had a few bumps and bruises. and uh, I could feel we weren't as dominant as we were in the first half of the season. Anyway, I came back. We probably had six, seven games left. Uh, and I started playing, and I was just so far off the pace in terms of physically, uh, fitness. Uh, and my shoulder just wasn't what it used to be. Uh, in terms, I, I, still can't, I couldn't move it. It's slow, and I, I kept missing plays that I would normally make. Um, and only I would notice that, but then the pain it, the pain was just still through the roof. And it got to a point where I knew, I, I knew I'd, I, I'm done, uh, even with games to go, but I was the captain of the team. Like I couldn't show anyone that I knew that, so I was hiding the secret for a while uh, whilst trying to convince the team that we can win the competition. And what did that do to your mentality? Obviously, because you've you've been a leader and and you speak a lot about mm. your vision. You know, mm. you've got a vision or a goal that you, you know hard, you see yeah. yourself on a journey, don't you? 
Is it hard to be it's sort hard, of deceitful yeah. to your teammates? Yeah, in that I, I didn't feel deceitful because I believe we could do, still do it. Yeah. But I, it's it's a it's a funny thing to to wrestle with when your mind your mind's still as strong and in moving as quick as everything else, but my body just let me down, and so that was hard. To, that was hard to manage. It really was mentally because then I had to still be this guy. At training, I was the I was the, the the leader of the team. I was the I was the physical presence, um, but then I also figured out ways how to use other people around me quite efficiently. In in the last six weeks, I had a couple of good players that uh, that I would prod and poke, and I knew how to push the buttons, and they'd do a lot of stuff that I would used to do. Mm. So I managed to find a way around it. But um, when the push came to shove in the in the prelim and down in Canberra, we should have won that game. We didn't we didn't find a way to win it, and mm. uh, I was a bit disappointed because. Uh, I knew it was my. I knew that was going to be my last game, um, so that, that was that was hard. But it's it's it is what it is. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I, how I, is I it now? No, it's not great now. It's not. It's not great. You know, I, I go and do a tiny bit of running, or I tried to play golf the other day, and like I'm sore as hell for a week. There's just there's just no way. There's no way I can keep on playing. Um, Especially at the top level. And can it improve? Can you do anything for it? Or? Yeah, it's, it's not really. It's not. It's not looking so fantastic. So what I had is um, septic arthritis in there. But because I played on it for six or seven games, I just caused so much damage in my shoulder. Was it, this was after the infection. Yeah. So the, the infection. It's it's a, still a bit of a mystery, right? Um, so they, they don't know where it came from. How it's, it's caused. medical negligence, Sam. Either <laughs> you say it or I will. It's from one of the previous surgeries. <laughs> he did the operation with dirty hands. Well, we can't really say that. No, no, Come we on. can't. No, uh, I can. Uh, you can. Uh, but, um, <laughs> so it's just, just, it's just what it is, anyway. Uh, but I just had to come to terms with it. I, mean, I, I felt guilty to turn up to train every day, knowing that I can't be that player anymore, and I was getting paid a, a fair salary, uh, and I felt bad. And doing that, but then also, um, I realised that that's the end of my career. Uh, so, it was, but it happened quick. And then obviously, there's media speculation, and things are moving quick, and you, p things get out so quick you wouldn't yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm going, so that just puts more pressure on things. So we had to come up with a, a plan and a strategy, and um, you know, a private life had things going on there as well. So there was a lot going on. Yeah, I had cameras following me 24/7. So I decided to get out of the country and uh, um, announce it there because I wanted to get out as quietly as possible. I didn't want the drama. I didn't need any more attention in my life. Um, well, that didn't work too well either. Um, uh, but then we released it and uh, it's done. Decision's done. And how, how much do you think your playing style, like when, when I've, I've played it yeah. with you and, and, and watched you play your full career, I'd say percentage difference from how you played as a young man to how you played as, a, as an older athlete. Mm. I'd say there's not a lot of difference in in, in yeah. the the veracity of your game. Yeah. Looking back, would you change anything about that? Uh, no, I wouldn't, um, because that, you know, I've, rightly or wrongly, I've always done it my way, um, good and bad, um, and it's probably made me me who I am and given me the opportunity in my career to to go place and 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 do what I've done. So. Um, no, I don't think I would. Um, it, you know, I could have done things a little bit better here and there, but like we say, about hindsight is it's it's a wonderful thing. But uh, that's why it's hindsight. So I don't regret a thing. Um, I love the way I played. I love what I've given to the game. Uh, I love what the game's given to me. Um, you know, I went to I was in Hull over the weekend and um, you survived. Yeah, yeah, I made it out live. Well done. Uh, but no, it, you know, it was actually. Um, 
it was actually a really uh, humbling feeling because there's maybe 350, 400 people in the room and, like, you know, there's some kids in there that were 10, 11 years old and they'd followed my whole career, you know, and I've only been there for 10 years. I've been there 10 years, so they've been following me for the last five, six years and, um, you know, they were just the prepared, self-prepared questions to ask me about, you know, my career and stuff. And, you, you know, you sometimes don't think about the impact you're having on all the other young kids that are watching in the game and we would have all touched players along the way mm. um you know but it was just really nice that i was that kid like we all were 20 25 years ago and uh 30 years ago yeah, uh, um yeah. you know and uh, so so that's it I, I i felt a bit of justification after so i didn't feel too upset about the my retirement because i can feel i've touched some people along the way and uh and and I'm happy. I'm more happy about that than any other achievement. Is that, yeah, we've I've inspired or and can hope to inspire some of the next generation of players, and uh, and hopefully we can um, see some other fantastic players come out of uh, the north of England. For sure, yeah. And and like I've I've had a few beers with you on Friday, and we discussed your next chapter. What? How do you see? the next phase in your life in terms of rugby, your personal life and all the rest of it? Yeah, well, I mean, um, it's, I don't know. I'm just going to take it a, a step at a time, really. I've, I've got a role at South with, um, you know, obviously got a great relationship with Wayne there and, and, and Russell and uh, everyone. So um, I've got a role there. It's a bit of a hybrid, really. <laughs> like it, it's not it's not set in stone. Um, Sounds it, good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm back in England here. They give me some time off to come back and, uh, you know, do some things over here, spend a bit of time around a few Super League clubs and see what, how they work and manage things. And um, yeah, I've been looking at the RFL and seeing what everyone's doing. And it's just been great to be back here and I get to George's first game next week. But uh, I guess the crux of it is I'll, I'll be around the team, kind of in the coaching staff, but not really with that pressure. Uh, but Wayne wants me around the team as much as possible. And I'll travel with all the guys on game day and, uh, and then... In the afternoons, I'm in with the commercial side of things and looking at recruitment retention and, and just working closely with the CEO and um, seeing how they do the business with them. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've taken a course this year in uh, sort of managing a football managing role and aspiring CEOs of the game. So, you know, that would be good, uh, doing a bit of study and going back that way. So I'm just going to take it slow and just enjoy what I'm doing. I mean, obviously, I'm going to stay in the game. I'm, I'm so passionate about it. And I think I can still add something in some way. Um, so I think that's an understatement, isn't it? Yeah. And I can't, I can't imagine he's going to be short of offers. No. So Sam, Sam Burgess' email account is, yeah, yeah. is getting peppered at we'll, the minute. We'll just put a little link on the bottom. Well, no, we can do, yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> if <laughs> no. you want to hire Sam, my please <laughs> get in touch. Yeah. But, but no, it's, uh, I, I'm actually like, a lot of people say, oh man, how, how do you feel about the retirement? I actually feel all right about it now because um, I was, I felt a tiny bit of relief when I made the call and moved on because... I know the pain that my shoulder's causing me, and I know that the the kind of lie that I was living living mm-hmm. in the change room every day and trying to convince myself and um, my teammates that I could do a job, and uh, because on the inside I knew, and uh, so I I have a little bit of relief, and uh, like I say, it's um, there'll be a challenge a long way, but it's never smooth and and easy. Uh, so I'll I'll just find my way through this next bit, and um, but but. I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. It's been uh, it's been great. Yeah, I think rugby league is is uh, sort of desperately sad not to see you play again. Mm. But um, I think from my perspective, it was a privilege to. Mm. So in the brief time, I did get a chance to play alongside you, mm. in, I think in 2007 in, in the yeah, in the in tests the against yeah, New yeah. Zealand, and then and then watch your career yeah, and yeah. Uh, how much you have actually inspired and and 
inspired a, a generation of players. And not just that, is that your presence in the game, I think, has had maybe your biggest legacy as an outsider looking in. Well, your, I appreciate that. The, the way which you've influenced, you know, people, but dragged our sport yeah. in this country to a, a different level just through your achievements. No, I appreciate in that. The NRL. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, I think it's, it's great too. There's uh, there's a lot more. We see a lot more English players over there as well, and uh, they do fly the flag on a weekly basis for England. They do, you know, because there is the the, the rivalry between the English and Australian, which is healthy. Um, but there's so many over there now and doing so well, and they're having, they're having such an impact on the game. And you know, they are winning the hearts of the Aussies too, which is uh, which is a challenge. Being an Englishman, it is, it is a challenge to do, and uh, they're slowly doing it. So if if you know, and there's guys before me paved the way. Moores and Gareth Ellis, and before that was Ellery Hanley and, and, and Malcolm Riley. A, a list of players goes on and on. So, um, no, it's been it's been a great ride, but it's uh, that that chapter's just closing and the next one's just opening. So I'm, I'm you know, pumped. So when when are you back to Oz? I'm going back on Sunday, Sunday morning. Right. How many paid gigs are you on while you're here? Uh, I've got I've got a couple. I, I mean, I've had a couple. are we getting paid for this? Yeah, um, is no, it well, let's, let's put the money back into the, the game not, somewhere. We're not sure. Yeah. Now we'll put the money back into the game somewhere. Oh, isn't right? Stephen now? He's yeah, just we'll a legend, isn't it? Yeah, we'll put it into like a uh, grassroots. Know, grassroots. Uh, do you have Leonardo DiCaprio's number? LDC, it's under. Um, I have a, I have his like right hand man's number. Uh, no, no, no. His secretary. No, I don't have Leo's number. No way. Well, can does he have the right hand man? Say, does Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio have a phone? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, I, I want that call to get that. Can you try and get it? Was that, have you got Ice Cube's number? Because no, you were good no, friends with I've him as well. I've got Ed Sheeran's phone number. That's cool. Oh, that's cool, isn't it? God. That's, yeah. that's yeah, a that's name cool. job because that's unprovoked. Yeah, yeah. That was an unprovoked yeah, name. Yeah, you know, know, okay. you segue in the story. Normally I would never say it, but I am, I'm proud of that because I just love him so much. Do you keep in contact with him? Oh, mate, we talk, talk to each other. No, you don't, do you? We talk to each other all the time. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, we do. No, we don't really. No, you don't. He's from Halifax, isn't he? Originally. Oh, what a groupie. Yeah, no, he's uh, yeah, he's a he's a great boy. He's actually um, yeah, he's a good fellow. Every time he's in Australia, we normally catch up. Well, he's good. got to be yeah. fair. The only way to establish who has a bigger head between Ed Sheeran and Sam Burgess would be what? How would we work it out? Well, you could take the two measurements because Brian Fletcher in the over in Australia has got a huge head, massive, and we took two measurements. Yeah, as and and this way and this way. Yeah, and he had a bigger head than me. But I'm going to tell you a test that would absolutely change say. this. The water displacement the wa the method. The water in the bucket. So what we need to do is suspend you by your ankles and yeah. dip your head in <laughs> to a pre-arranged point yeah. in a bucket that's full of water. Yeah, because it's sheer volume then, isn't And it? then yeah. the amount of water that your head displaces, yeah. when we can then compare... To the bottom of the chin. Yeah, yeah to the amount of water that Ed Sheeran's head yeah. displaces. James Graham's head oh, displaces. He's got a huge head. Yeah. Ed Sheeran and James Graham together. Imagine that. No. That's like the the, the worst version of each other. You know. Oh, that's horrible. You isn't know, it? it's like and Tolman as well. Yeah, and Tolman's <laughs> like the best version. Then it goes Ed, the second best version, and then James Graham's like way down here. The Have you forgiven? Is this you not forgiving James for headbutting you in that final? Are you, no, you're you good now. You're good now. Yeah, I forgive him. We, we, I, I do because he didn't mean to do it. It was actually an accident. Yeah. Everyone thinks he meant to do it. Yeah. I think he meant to headbutt a few other people, but yeah. that one was. Ours was accidental. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't bite Billy Slater's ear. Yeah. No, no, I didn't give him shit about that. As well. No, he uh, never did. He, he swears to this day, never bit his ear. No, he said he rubbed his teeth on his ear, which yeah. caused a cut in the teeth marks. <laughs> well, Sam, thank you very much for coming in. Pleasure to Cheers, join man. us on Out of Your League. Will's yes. done one. Yeah, no. So I suppose I we'd have to say uh, download the podcast 
or watch it on YouTube and we'll be back next week. Sensational. Thanks for having me, Lovely.